Dear Santa, I would like some Star Wars action figures for Christmas, but I don't know where to find them. <laughs> I know that laugh. <laughs> it's Santa the Hut. This episode is brought to you by Toy Hut, the ultimate Star Wars fan store. Toyhut.com. T-O-Y-H-U-T-T dot C-O-M. Created by collectors for collectors. They ship worldwide daily. Daily. Custom shipping boxes made just for action figures, so... uh, When your toy comes in a Jabba-shaped package, you know what it is. (laughs) Well, you hope you know. (laughs) (laughs) They know what the adult collector expects. What does the adult collector expect? Well-wrapped adults. Salicious crumbs in all the right places. I want to say hi to all the Toy Hut employees at the warehouse because they listen to us, and that's so awesome. And they like us, so you should like them. And they know fluent Hutties. Ookly Numa. ToyHut.com. Nijaba want action figure. I haven't seen that many testicles since my days in the army. I'm Kevin Leeson. It's what's on the inside that counts, and today we've seen a lot of what counts. I'm Joe Fulgham. Oh man, I got so plastinated last night. I'm Torn Atkinson, live from Body Worlds in Vancouver. It's Caustic Soda. Ah! Hi, welcome, gang. Uh, the Caustic Soda folks here at Science World at Tell us Tell us World, of, World Science. of Science. So it's why are we sun- here? It's a beautiful sunny day. It's gorgeous. Saturday, October 16th. And we're going to spend the entire day yeah. inside. Looking we're all at- wearing our Caustic Soda t-shirts. <laughs> Mike's here, of course. Waiting for the inevitable <laughs> gang of groupies box. to mob us. Yeah. I don't see them. There's some bikers <laughs> that have looking around. stopped collected. to watch us. Yeah. Or, no, not even stopped to watch us. They're just stopped. They're just talking amongst each other. Perhaps we they- should... Probably think we're going to whip out a boombox and start rapping. Yeah, maybe. Because it kind of looks like it, us standing around with microphones. I just know what a podcast is. <laughs> At the Tell Us World of Science, Body Worlds exhibit. Body Worlds. Body Worlds. Body Worlds. Body Worlds. Body Worlds. Body Worlds. Well, we're standing out here. We've got our, our, our very first, our inaugural journey with our portable unit. Yes, we're mobile, that's, folks. That's Mike. Look out. <laughs> Lock up your daughters. M- Mike is our portable unit. Uh, and yeah. we're excited. We're going to uh, tour the Body Worlds exhibit with uh, the uh, head of marketing, Pam Saunders. Oh, thanks a lot, Pam. She's not here. We'll have to reduce our swearing to a minimum for this. I think so. <laughs> yeah, I might have to wait till after she's gone. She's going to give us a walk around, an exclusive tour before the exhibit opens to the public. Exciting. Uh, what exactly do, do you know about the process there, uh, Torn? Oh, my God. The things that I know about this process are limited only to the Wikipedia page. (laughs) I know that it was invented by the German anatomist Gunther von Hagens, who invented the technique in the late 70s. Basically, as an alternative to just dropping things in formaldehyde and and killing things over and over again for anatomy lessons. You know, so this way you can, you know, plastinate a monkey and then you'll always have that monkey for the duration of, you know, your tenure or whatever. Yeah, and if anybody who doesn't know anything about body worlds, they plastinate things to preserve them and then turn them inside out or something along I'm not that sure line. That's exactly or stri- true. strip the flesh off of it. Uh, it's it's a long and complicated process and there are four parts: fixation, dehydration, forced impregnation in a vacuum, and hardening. <laughs> it it sounds like those two processes are backwards. They should harden and then impregnate. Ah, uh, yeah, we'll have to bring that up. <laughs> 
<laughs> so fixation is basically embalming. And then there's some dissection if necessary. The specimen is placed in a bath of acetone. Acetone bath. Under okay. freezing conditions, the acetone draws out all the water and replaces it inside the cells. Science. Wow. wow. In the third step, the specimen is placed in a bath of liquid polymer. There's a lot of baths, such as silicon rubber, polyester, and epoxy resin. But probably not a bath that I want to take after a long run. You don't I don't think c- you want to replace your, uh, the water in your body with acetone. <laughs> <laughs> By creating a vacuum. Ooh, but it does sound like a great way to kill a supervillain. The acetone bath? Yeah. I'm the, plastin- I'm the plastinator. <laughs> the plastinator. Uh, by creating a vacuum, the acetone is made to boil at a low temperature. The acetone vaporizes and leaves the cell. It draws the liquid polymer in behind it, leaving a cell filled with liquid plastic. The plastic must then be cured with gas, heat, or ultraviolet light. And what else? Does, uh, I think that's it. Out of the three of us, has anybody done the uh, Body Worlds exhibit the last time it was in town? I was it came through, what, like a year ago or two years ago? I would say three years ago, maybe more. And I, I have never three, seen four it. Years ago. I've Once. never seen it. I, I was here the, for the inaugural Science World Body Worlds. All right, so we've got two people who will get, you'll get that spontaneous reaction and one who will uh, get the old, like, eh, been there, done that, seen it all before. Maybe it'll be the exact same. From what I've heard, it's similar, as one would expect. So uh, today we'll be hearing a lot of meh from Torrance. Seen it. <laughs> it's been there, done that. It's just a dude, his body <laughs> preserved in front of me with no skin. Maybe. Uh, suffice to say, <clears throat> the outside of this thing looks, uh, well, skeleton-esque, like we just had an to say the least. It's been stripped bare. They're obviously in a uh, state of renovation to the exterior of Science World. Although, it was built in 1985. That's 25 years. For uh, Expo 86. For Expo 86. Yeah. That's the World Exposition in 1986 for anybody who needs the uh, longhand version. Uh, yeah, so I think this we're... This is where science started, people. <laughs> Check. Before 85, 1985, no, no science. science. Yeah. No, this is science well, world. Certainly no world of science. They were trying to capture it. Yeah, there was Finally, a they, world they of science. They got the dome. They realized <laughs> that, yeah, the, the properties of the geodesic dome that can concentrate science yeah. inside. To a razor-thin edge. They, they use that science to... Uh, Teach it to kids. Thanks. Of all ages, like three of us. Can we go in? <laughs> so this is Pam Saunders, our tour guide. Hello. What exactly do you do? I'm the media and communications manager. Media and communications manager sounds very important. Plastic name tag. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've got a book called the Gunther von Hagens's The Original Exhibition of Real Human Bodies, Body Worlds. Yes. We like the fact that in the foreword it calls him the Plastinator. Yeah. Gunther von Hagens. He probably he, sounded exactly like that. He invented the process. He doesn't sound like Arnold, but he does have a German accent. Uh, so uh, what are we going to see first, Pam? The way that the uh, exhibition is laid out, it's laid out by system of the body. So we start with the locomotive system, which is your bones. So that's where we're going to start. And the thing to remember about all of this is that these are real human bodies. People donated their bodies to this program. So respect them. Be nice to them. Absolutely. All right, let's go. Respect. That's going to be a first on caustic soda. Which is why I brought it up. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. She's got us figured out, boys. We're starting with the locomotive system, so we start directly with the skeleton. Something that most people are familiar with if they've ever studied studied anatomy, been in a biology lab. Everybody's pretty comfortable with bones, so it's a great way to get people warmed up to the exhibition. Before you get to the really gory stuff. It's not gory. Uh, the really it's just uh, different. The, mu- the much more fun stuff. <laughs> I mean, most people are, are used to seeing bones, and they don't really see 
the real effect of plastination at this point in the exhi- mm-hmm. exhibition. Right. Um, because we, you know, bones preserve really well. Um, we've all seen what they look like. But what is different is that these ones, obviously, they've been separated so that you can see inside the skull, um, inside the bone. The new Body Worlds exhibit is different in that it focuses on the brain. Every exhibition that they have still offers people an opportunity to see all the different organs and the different systems of the body. But the way that this one's laid out, it's really focusing on um, the brain, how we think, how our brain grows through you know, from a baby to when we're elderly um, and changes and all of the signage and the things that people read are really geared towards helping them understand the brain a bit better. So this is Body Worlds 2, is that right? Yeah, they had, originally they had numbers. It was Body Worlds, Body Worlds 2, and Body Worlds 3. Now they've changed it so that the focus is really on an area. So there's um, Body Worlds and the Brain, which is this one, which was Body Worlds 2. And then Body Worlds and the Story of the Heart um, is another one. And they actually have an exhibit of uh, an all-animal exhibit that's in Germany right now. I heard that there's a giraffe. There is a giraffe. Ooh. There's a giraffe. There's an elephant. That took like... 10 times longer to make, and normally it takes like 1,500 man-hours to make yes, one of these things? it does. Torn does all our research. I was just going to say, <laughs> nobody ever knows that. So that <laughs> yeah. yeah, and there's a camel and a baby camel. So here, what you see in the exhibit is um, a number of full organ, full body specimens, and then you also see these slices, which are done by freezing the body and then slicing it with a saw and then doing the plastination process on it with resin so that so it becomes solid. So this is a real solid. human body So as well. these are real. Okay. And they're slices out of a person. And what it allows us to do is see, I mean, really, where is the muscle? Where is the bone? Where's the how fatty much, tissue? Exactly. And as we get further in, there's a great one on the fatty tissue, which you guys will love. At this point, people are kind of, you know, they're comfortable. They're starting to understand the process. Now we get to see a little bit of muscle on right. We're building the way up. Yeah, on oh, this one here. We've left a little bit of a nose and some left ears Left a little on. bit, yes. Yeah, so you can cartilage. kind of start to get some idea of how we come together as a person. And then we come around the corner and we wow you. <clears throat> this right. is like, uh, this guy's like that part of the mummy movie where he goes from pure skeleton and starts adding flesh. Our next two um, full body plastinates are two that generate tons of discussion. The first one is um, the orthopedic body. So this person in life um, wouldn't have had these... Um, extra implements, but they've been put in so people can understand how an artificial knee works, um, what it looks like when you break a bone and you have to have plates put in. He's got a jaw piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all these things that lots of people are familiar with because tons of people have plates from accidents and that. I got staples in my knee. But it's not something that we ever get to see. So right. this one kind of gives you that idea. For me, it's the knee replacement thing that's really cool because I've had knee surgery in both ah. knees. And one day, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get one of those. So, uh, and he also has a pacemaker, which like, people yeah, always get excited about because it really is, doesn't look very technical. It, it looks like an iPod. Yeah. Actually iPod under your skin. Yeah. With the battery. Ooh, Apple. TM, TM. The I heart. Yeah. Uh, nice. <laughs> and then behind you, this is Drawer Man. So, Drawer Man. This is the one where people really start to feel the realness of the exhibit, that these are real human bodies, because right. as you can see, Drawer Man has his skin. It looks very much the same. The hair is still attached. And what Drawer Man um, shows visitors is how tightly packed our organs are within our bodies. Yeah, that's a lot of intestine in a very small space. It is. And you'll see further on in the exhibit when we get to that part um, just how much intestine there actually is. But it's interesting to see it in this way because there's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. It's kind of like a pop-out book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. One of those uh, of pop-up. Flesh. So his heart is there. You can see his lungs, stomach, the intestine, 
with his face. It's been pulled yeah, out. It's you very can interesting. See it's there. like a Picasso painting almost. It's, it's really Dali. interesting. Cubist. People, yeah. people really are drawn to this exhibit. Now, are these his real eyes or do we have to put glass eyes these in? These ones aren't. Right. Um, and most of the eyes in the exhibition are fake. It's right. the hardest. The eyes and the brain are the hardest organs to uh, plastinate. Because right. they have so much water? They do. The brain has so much water and the eye is the first thing that start to, starts to deteriorate after death. Right. Um, there are two specimens that have still have all or part of their eye, and I'll point them out when we get to them. You Depending. must get nonstop lineups of human kinetic uh, students Lots coming through here. Lots of human kinetic students, tons of them, yeah. Right, right. Medical students, massage therapists, personal trainers. It's probably better off this way. They don't have to slice open other people. The coach? Yeah. <laughs> um, do you know how difficult it is to pose once, like, when they, when they plastinate a body, do they do the pose first and then? It's, it's partway through. So what happens is the body goes into an acetone bath mm-hmm. to take away the fats, draw out the liquids, and then at that point, it's posed or it's dissected before posing, depending on what they're going to do with the finished specimen. So it's posed before the impregnation procedure. It is posed before the impregnation. And definitely before the hardening. For all intensive purposes, they are hard. Nobody's allowed to touch any specimens mm-hmm. in the exhibit, but we do have a table that gets set up during our open hours where people can come and they can touch some of the organs to see what they feel like because right. they actually don't feel the way people expect they're going to feel. They expect them to feel like hard plastic and they don't. They have, I mean, it's silicone and resin and it feels like silicone Ooh, creepy. and resin would feel. Oh, creepy. I'm creeped out now a little yeah. bit. My skin crawled just there. There's a point where everybody kind of kind of gets a little real and they go, wow, that's really... It's like touching a snake, right? It never feels like you expect it. it exactly, because you expect <laughs> it's going to be wet and it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Has there any been any really, like, what, what's the worst reaction that... Most extreme, or more, maybe not yeah. even worse, most extreme yeah. reaction. Like anybody fainting or anything like that? People do, some people have do have to sit down. Um, we've got benches throughout the exhibit because it is, I mean, it's a lot to take in. It makes people question. It's a life and death right. thing. It's sure. raw. Question it's, your mortality. It is. is it, yeah, it? I mean, it, and it's interesting because depending on who's in here, in the gallery at a time, it may be very quiet right. or it may be very loud. We get a lot of school students during the day, during the week. Kids are great. You get three-year-old kids in here and they come in and they go, oh, what's that? And they just, you know, it's loud. And they, they haven't learned to be disgusted yet. Well, <laughs> and they haven't learned that there's anything wrong. Like, yeah. they, you know, they don't have that baggage that limits them from asking questions. And so mm-hmm. they just ask tons of them. And so when we have littler kids in here, it's quite loud. And they're talking and they don't think anything of it. And when it's all adults, everybody's pretty quiet and they're very, you know, it's... Subdued. It's very subdued. So now we start getting into the respiratory system. These lungs here are almost completely white. And so while those lungs are technically the lungs of a non-smoker, they still have some gray in them, and it's probably from pollution. Mm. Oh, okay. So it's sort of an interesting, because when we see the lungs of a smoker, you'll see the difference. But people always, when they get to these ones, they go, oh, well, that person was a smoker. Not necessarily. And when they see the lungs of a smoker, they go, oh, my God, I need to quit. I always thought lungs were pink. The saying always is, ah, my lungs are still pink. Well, in life, they would be pink. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> There's a few things that change color. The brain is another one, and when we get to that one, I'll explain so, it. So then the, the, the flesh of the lungs is white, but uh, when you're alive, you've got blood in there, and that's right. why it's pink? Okay. See? So I get, I'm the dumb one. <laughs> Guaranteed. I called the lungs brains. So now we get to the case that actually has the smoker's lungs in it. So again, here we have a pair of normal lungs. These are the oh, smoker's snap. lungs. snap. Those are the lungs of a coal miner. Oh, wow. And the healthy one is, like, very smooth, and very the smoker smooth. one is kind of lumpy on mm-hmm. the bottom. Yeah, if you look at the, yeah, the bottom of it, it is... It looks like a big chunk of igneous rock. It, yes, exactly. Yeah. And when you look at the coal miner's lung, it's hard to believe that that's, that was living tissue. It looks like a piece of rock. Mm-hmm. It looks like coal. Now this is the fetal development area. 
fetal, fetal not specimens. Fetal. fetal, exactly. It's interesting. Shows the development of the human body inside the womb, mm-hmm. all the way from t- the the tiniest, you know, from four weeks. Embryos. Mm-hmm. Practically zygotes. And then all the way up, including some specimens of the placenta, so that people can, you know, really understand what goes on. And then this exhibition also has the woman bearing life. A pregnant woman who died. She did. And uh, was plastinated w- with in embryo. Yes. She'll now we move into the part of the exhibit that deals with the brain. So we start with the central nervous system, where you can see the brain and the nervous system going right into the extremities. And it's something where they look at and they go, wow, I never really thought about how this all works. There's no flesh on it. It's just the brain and the, and the nervous system. Exactly. Although anybody who saw the movie Hollow Man... He went invisible in stages. Mm. He did. The last thing to go invisible was the nervous system. So this yeah. is the last thing you saw before Kevin Bacon winked out of existence. <laughs> they added eyes to the movie. There you go. There, there he, you he go. Had the, his eyeballs went very last, I guess. So if you guys want to touch an organ and tell them what it feels like, you oh, can do that. Oh, sure. yeah. I touched my organ just this morning. <laughs> so this is a liver. Please tell me you washed your this hands. This is a kidney. Kevin, start touching. Oh, okay. I'm going to go first. Yeah. <laughs> That's not so bad. All right, so is it, this is the liver? No. Kidney. <laughs> Ew, kidney. You've got, you're going to come out of this with so much knowledge. It feels kind of like, like Play-Doh. It feels like Play-Doh that you've left out a little bit too long and it's starting to harden. Has that happened to you? Absolutely. Broke my heart. Can, they, you, can, can you, you guess what that is? Well, that's a cross-section of a, like a leg or an arm or an something. Arm. Very good. Oh, there you go. Whoa, that's, oh, that's a beefy arm. <laughs> Whoever's arm that was... No, no flies on that person. They could arm wrestle the heck out of me, I guarantee you. Very cool. Oh, that's rough and tumble. What is this, a lung? No. Yeah. <laughs> I got everything wrong. It's a cross-section from a liver. The, oh, this is the liver? Both of these are. Oh, I didn't realize there were knuckles on a liver. There aren't. Oh, that was from the plastination process? No. That's a liver? Yes. Disease. Oh. <laughs> what kind of disease has it got? Liver knuckles. liver cancer in the brain section they really focus on the brain during development so the brain is a baby um why babies learn so quickly why they um are able to i mean kids can learn new languages and they ask tons of questions and it's because the development is happening so quickly that they're just growing all kinds of new pathways and they can do all kinds of things sponges exactly at the teenage stage, it's all about risk-taking, and it's why teenagers do the things that they do, because they're actually programmed to do them. They're, they're taking risks. They're trying new things. Um, doesn't rebelling. Always, exactly. doesn't always work out for them, but it is very much innate in us as human beings to do that. There's a physiological explanation for it. There that? is a physiological explanation mm-hmm. for it. Right. I thought in we were all just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> in adulthood, we reach our, our peak condition. We've pretty much built all the pathways in our brain that we're going to build, and, and we use them to the best of our ability. And then as we age, we're, we're subject to the diseases of age, Alzheimer's being the one that most people... So this is as good as I get brain-wise. That's... That's a little frightening. I know. It's, 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 a, it's a bit of a disappointment. <laughs> you peaked, my friend. You peaked. Hey, we've got three brains in a row here, one with three a spinal brains. cord attached. We've got a brain stem, and then we also have one where the brain in the skull, and then you can see the nervous system actually running through the body as opposed to without the bones and everything, so you can see how it all right. works. That specimen there, you can get closer to it after. Um, you'll see the eyes in that one are black. Those eyes are original. So that's what they looked like when they were plastinated, and it's why we don't do them in the rest of the exhibit, because it's not something that people could really identify with. Right. Except for all the people with pure black eyes. Because there's so many of those. Yeah. Well, the handful of Satan spawn that wander the earth. 
This case here shows the blood vessel configuration oh, of the brain. Oh, this is cool. This is really cool. And I thought we'd come here before we go to the circulatory area because this gives you an idea of what it looks like when they actually, in the process, they take away all of the, all of the fleshy parts and just leave the blood vessels. They're colored, so there is color put into the resin that they use in these ones um, because blood vessels have no color. It's the blood itself that has the color. Yeah, yeah that is uh, really cool. It's kind of like a, um, a web of uh, like very fine string and mm-hmm. ooh, cotton candy. Just got a hanker for cotton candy. And then here we also are able to show um, a couple of brain specimens that um, would have come from patients who had to stroke. Oh, brain with massive hemorrhage following a stroke. Yeah, it's actually a dark part in the brain. Interesting. So what is that? That's like uh, blood bleed. Yeah, it Mm -hmm. bleeds into that part of the brain, and uh, that's that's the stroke. Yeah, causes pressure. You know, it's the pressure that actually causes the the disability and. So they talk a lot. I mean, stroke is something that people talk about it more now because there are symptoms of it that you can recognize. And if you can get to medical help, you can survive a stroke yeah. because really it's, you know, it's a bleed. You can take care of that. It's a little different than Alzheimer's. Oh, there's like a sliced cross-section mm-hmm. of, a, uh, of a sagittal brain slice, series of sagittal brain slices. It's not a sagittal brain. The slice itself is a sagittal slice. I'm a Sagittarius. Is it somewhat related? <laughs> no. <laughs> so here you can see this would be the outer layer would be the gray matter. And then this is the white matter of your brain. Uh-huh. And the reason why, or maybe you can tell me, why is it all wrinkly like oh, that? Oh, good gravy. Uh, that's uh, like something to do with synapses. That's where you store information or something. It actually changes as we get older. Uh-huh. So as a baby, they're a lot smoother. But because your head is an enclosed space and the organ can only grow to the size of the space that's allowed, it grows into grooves. So it creates more surface area Mm -hmm. as it gets bigger by wrinkling. I I saw a show once where they they tried to posit the theory that the more folds you had, the more information you could carry, the more intelligent you would seem. And they started, like, going back into uh, brains and counting folds. And Einstein had more folds than anybody. Mm. They, They didn't have any actual... We're going to have to get a source on that claim, though. No, it was a TV show. I, I saw it years and years and years ago. And uh, they, they posited this theory and then just started counting folds. And it was one of those, oh, because he had the more folds than anybody, that means our theory must be true, which mm-hmm. I don't think is scientific. It's like when they that's... used to do theories, I'm left-handed, and they used to say, oh, yeah, left-handed people die sooner than right-handed people. It was like, actually, no, it's just that more left-handed people were dying in industrial accidents and stuff like that. Because they designed for right-handed people. Exactly. <laughs> so there's always, there's always some... Something that you can throw in there to say, okay, well, is that true research or is that? And all the left-handed ladies were witches and got burned at the stake and (laughs) stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's the matter, you boy? My feet too big. Yeah, yeah. Baba da di di le di babi. Baba da di di le babi le bado bado bado. No meat on my bones, no sign of a pot. I looks in the mirror and I thinks I'm hot. I've been to the dentist and had my molars missing. Oh, boys, but my gal won't listen. Oh, your feet's too big. She don't want you cause your feet's too big. Man, at you cause your feet's too big. Hate you cause your feet's too big. Tell us about it, Brother D. Here, boys, I done passed my joints test. Everything matches, including my red vest. Which your Has my gal standing and asked her, said, What she said? 
this is the answer that I keep on getting. Beats to be. I don't want you cause you beats to be. Mad at you cause you beats to be. Hate you cause you beats to be. Tell us about it, brother Charlie. Now, honey, I like you cause you sure is nice. Oh, dear. Why, you got just what it takes to paradise. You think so? Now, I like your face and I like that ring. But I'm sorry, honey. Cause your feet is too big. Oh, your feet's too big. You don't want you cause your feet's too big. Mad at you cause your feet's too big. Hate you cause your feet's too big. Tell us about it, that brother Hoppy. Now up in Harlem at a table for two, they set four of us, me, your big feet, and you. Yeah. From your ankles up. Boy, you sure is sweet, but from your ankles down, you've got too much feet. All oh, your feet's too big. You don't want you cause your feet's too big. Mad at you cause your feet's too big. Hate you cause your feet's too big. What's your girl say to you? Boy, she wants she wobbles, she wants she wobbles. She wants she wobbles, she wants she wobbles. She wants she wobbles, she wants she wobbles. Okay, so, to the roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> this is the circulatory section of the exhibit. So it focuses on the heart and the blood vessels. We've got uh, a number of heart specimens when you first come in. So you can see the circulatory system of the heart, which, as you'll see, is almost completely solid because the heart really is just a giant muscle. And then when we see them actually in, these ones are animals, you can see that the circulatory system, really, when you take everything away, it's every single part of right. your body. Wait, so this is just the circulatory system? Everything yes. else has been removed? Yes. Ex- to describe this one, it looks exactly like a, like a young sheep, a lamb. Mm-hmm. And that's just the circulatory system. It's amazing. Right to the part that I always find interesting is when you look at little lambs and they have those little thingies hanging from uh, their neck. Do laps or whatever. Yeah, and they're they're there. Oh, so it's actually got blood flowing to that. Yeah, little well, I mean, thingy. when you think about it, anywhere you prick yourself on the body, it'll bleed mm-hmm. from. So you got to have a vein underneath there, right? So I had a skin tag one time and I tore it off and it bled like a mofo. Yeah, well, because when you look at these, you can see just how close they are to the surface. I mean, look at right into his little hooves. Yeah, they, I, you would never think like that uh, hooves would have blood in them, but mm-hmm. I guess uh, underneath the hard exterior, exactly, there's something living flesh. But you we didn't don't think about that. No, we don't have blood going to our fingernails. I thought hooves were just like fingernails. Just they like are, the but it's really just a covering, and inside right. there's still living tissue. Mm-hmm, okay. You know, and again, this one is obviously a rooster. Oh, even in the comb. Mm-hmm. You got a rooster and the the big old comb, and they've colored it all red. It's very vibrant. Mm-hmm. It's uh, practically an art exhibit. These ones are really concerned. beautiful. Yeah, yeah this is unbelievable. This is always my favorite part. And then we also, in addition to the, the two animal specimens, we have three blood vessel configurations that come from a human, one of the head. Oh, cool. And yeah, then we have the arm. Cool. Is this floating in water? This or is one this is. like a solid block of... No, this one's in liquid. Do you know the method for removing everything but the circulatory system? Is this like some kind of super painstaking by hand pulling out of everything else? Or? I'm not sure. I okay. think I think what they probably do is is start the process on the vessels themselves, and then they're able to take away everything else once the vessels are partially plastinated. Oh, okay. But I'm not entirely sure. We already covered the brain, but just before we leave the exhibit, this this is the brain of an Alzheimer's patient which um, a lot of people find really interesting because it looks quite different from a healthy brain. Yeah, there's like lots of brain. gaps. Between there's lots of gaps. It's, it's shrunken. Oh, is that what happens? The, the well, brain? and that's something that, I mean, I think they're, they're still 
doing tons of study on, on Alzheimer's patients because it's something that we think of as, as a mental condition. And yet when you look at the specimen, Again, you see the physiological, physiological uh, effect. Exactly. Yeah, there's a, this one is not nearly so like full and smooth as the other brains we've no. seen. There's lots of uh, wider gaps between the folds. Mm-hmm. And Which the, would make sense when you think about if we grow those folds as we get older and we learn more than if we're losing them, then it yeah, makes sense it that way. Regress. So here we are in the digestive system. This is amazing. Now, now is this all of it? Yes. So you can see just how much intestine there are. I mean, that barely fits in that case hanging on the wall, let alone inside the part of the body that it all fits in in a person. I've always heard that, oh, if you unwound all of your intestine, it would be like a mile long or something like that. No, that, that's no. That is obviously not true. But it's, it, it's very impressive. I mean, uh, like, It's more like the length of a truck. Yeah, mm-hmm. like 20 feet. Like a large and truck. inside so, of each part of that tube that you can see are little like that it's all kind of like the surface of the brain it's all kind of wrinkly inside so it may be something where they've talked about stretching out the surface area inside Uh, of your intestine i've heard if you did that if you stretched out all your villi it would be like the size of a football field or something like that Mm -hmm. yeah so we'll go to this one over here because this one this is the uh obesity revealed specimens Mm -hmm. so we have one specimen of somebody who would be considered of normal weight and then another slice of a specimen from somebody who would have been obese. So Obesity Revealed will be the name of the Cosmic Soda podcast when we go video. <laughs> so what you can see and what people find most interesting about this particular specimen is that not only can you see the fat tissue on the outer area under the skin, but you can also see it between the organs. Right. So it gets right in there. And something I had noticed, uh, I had lost a lot of weight and... You don't think about it too much, but you, not just the, the fat inside you, but also your shoulders are fat mm-hmm. and the top of your skull is fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah. If you look, fat. I mean, if you look right at the base of his neck um, on his shoulder there, you can see there's actually a piece that almost sticks right out. Yeah. He's yeah. got mass. He's got a big ton of back fat too, right? At the mm-hmm. base of his Yeah. Skin. I mean, it, you can, you can almost kind of tell the position he was in when this happened because, you know, yeah, it's like his head was on flat. a pillow and yeah. on his back is all kind of flat here. So we're getting into, we've got large intestine, we have, um, we can, there's the liver once again. Oh, this one doesn't have knuckles. This one doesn't have knuckles. It's got some little folds in it, but um, it doesn't have the knuckles. You can see inside of the intestine and see the, the ridges that are inside that increase the surface area of your intestine so that you can absorb the nutrients from your food. I'm guessing these cross sections, they, do they cut them after the process? Yes. They do the whole thing and then they just cut little pieces yes. out. And yeah, expose different areas so that people can see inside. I mean, something like the cross-section of the intestine would be really interesting for somebody who suffers from celiac disease, as an example. Because in celiac, if you eat wheat, not only does it make you feel bad, it actually damages the lining of your intestine and then you can't absorb nutrients. So to be able to look inside and see what it looks like and go, oh, okay, well, that now I understand what's being damaged. and So it really gives people a frame of reference. And then this one here separates you can see all of the organs as they are again inside the body but now we've pulled the front and back apart um so you can you know there's they look as if they're sitting there on their own so this uh this is called the head diver mm-hmm. and uh we're basically split right down the middle and all of our internal organs are kind of sitting up posting up right in the in the center and our two halves of our body are splayed out it's like the front and back half of her body couldn't decide if she was doing a front dive or a back dive, <laughs> and they just went their separate ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and her intestines or her organs stayed in the middle. 
And again, uh, disturbing, but not not gross. No, it's just weird. It's, it's such a weird feeling looking at this kind of thing. It's really fascinating. I mean, I guess you can look at it with a more clinical air because you know the plastinated doesn't give it that wet look. Right. Um, which uh, you know you see in like horror movies and stuff like that. That really gives it the creep factor. Yeah, she also doesn't have the the screaming fa- look on her face that you would expect from <laughs> something this awful if it was like somebody alive. It was she, in Hellraiser she looks, she looks four quite calm. or something. Here we've got a few uh, livers that show differing diseases. So gallstones is one. Wow, there's a little collection of gallstones. That's a that, whole lot of gallstones. Liver. Is that an atypical number of gallstones or? I would think so, yes. Yeah. That would be I somebody who would have had a problem. Yeah. Maybe died from gallstones. Potentially. Gallstones can be small as a grain of sand or as large as a golf ball. This these one ones here, are, uh, cirrhosis of the liver. Oh, nice. That's the one I'm going to get. Because <laughs> uh, hepatitis does that too, I heard. That hepatitis like really makes the liver lumpy and misshapen. Yeah, I'd, I'd heard that once. Oh, you're bringing something sciencey to the table. <laughs> I'm uh, very impressed. I guess to describe the cirrhosis liver, it's also lumpy and misshapen. And very shrunken. Very shrunken. Yeah, because the, even the liver with the knuckles was like three times the size of this. Mm-hmm. So right behind us is the 3D body. So this is one full body specimen that they've separated into sections so right. that you Almost can like see. pages of a book. Exactly. You're looking through each section independently, right from the skin on the outside edges to the skeleton in the center and all the organs in between. They did this to one of those guys in that movie Cube. Sliced him in like 17 different thin slices. Anybody seen that movie Cube? No. The other yes. one? No, I've seen it. No, but uh, they did something similar to a horse in the cell. So you can see, I mean, this one has the skin on it. This one's also not behind glass, so you can get a little bit closer to it. Mm-hmm. People are look always... right in there. You can't touch them, but, um, but you can get right in there. You can look at right down to the, the ridges and folds in his skin. This face is amazing. You can see the eyebrow. You can see the lips. You can see everything about it, the, yeah, the hair. It's, it's really, like, it's amazing how, how much we stay the same. And that's the whole thing about plastination is it really allows them to keep the tissues almost identical to the way they were in life. Yeah, this is, I think this is the first one we've seen where, where there's actually been skin on it. And so that makes it that much more immediate and real. Mm-hmm. Because we can, as Torrin said, you can just look at this face with skin on it that's been plastinated. And right beside it is his skull and organs. and. Ugh. Yeah, there are, I mean, there aren't many that have this like level of detail. Yeah. All right, punchy. Kevin, anatomy test. What is that? That's a, uh, no, it's not the lung. It's outside the lung. Is that the liver? I think you may have yep. got a point there. Nice. <laughs> you learned. You know why? It's because I never liked, my mom always tried to make me eat liver as a child. <laughs> and I like, it's post-traumatic stress disorder. I'm trying to. You refuse to believe that livers exist? Yeah. And we've looked at a couple of, of slices that show, you know, basically the see-through, just a section of the body, but all the way through a whole cross-section. So here's a whole body, front and back. So tell me which one's the front. Dough. Oh, actually, no, oh. maybe they're both. No, that's the front because I can see This eyeballs. one, you can see the more of the face, but yeah. the liver's actually on the same side, so they should be both front. Oh, I see. Unless they have, unless the person had, uh, it's, it's a condition called um, sinus inversus, and it's one of those things where people wouldn't know that they had it until something happened if they had to have, you know, an internal surgery, and it's where the organs are actually reversed and the liver's wow. on the other side. Wow. It's not common, but uh, it's one of those things where it people... It could be you, on. Joe. Like Spock. Hurts on the wrong side. <laughs> yeah. This one here is my favorite. This is my the favorite ballet dancer. You can look up into the chest cavity and you can see the inside of the lungs. Oh, cool. It's like snow covered branches. When people, you know, talk about lungs and, and breathing and they talk about the, the brachia. 
So what we're looking at is the is like the negative space, or is it actually the lining of the? It's the lining of the lung. So when you okay. breathe in, you breathe into tubes inside of the lung, and this one actually allows you to see them, which is something that I think is quite fascinating. And this exhibit, I've probably been in it every day for few weeks before I actually noticed right. this side of it and thought, wow, that is really cool. It almost looks like a, br- like a coral. Mm-hmm, exactly. Well. The, the nicest touch in this one, they actually put a ballet slipper they did. on the foot that touches the ground. Yes. It's uh, the little things, right? Well, we have two more, you know, more sports-posed plastinets now, in this section. These would all have been included in the last exhibit. These ones weren't. Um, nope. The only one that's in this exhibition that was in our 2006 exhibition is the skateboarder. All of the full-body plastinets are different. This but is the ice skating pair. Yeah, but, but there are still some sports, sports posed. Yeah, they, it's something that I think a lot of people can really like identify with it. We had a group of people come in on opening day, and one of them just went straight to this. And she was like, oh, I know how to do the death spiral. And the arm goes up, and she immediately connected with this one. Wow, it's called the death spiral? No, it's called the elegance on ice, but okay. they're doing the death spiral. Okay. That's the move. Mm-hmm. These are two bodies that are linked to one another. Would they have been posed separately before hardening or whatever, or are they actually like linked at the hand? They are usually posed together exactly the way that the exhibition, the way it's going oh. to be seen as a specimen. Wow, the plastination's happening. That's before impregnation. The one that's most, exactly, that's most... Um, interesting to look at and it's in the in the book that we have is the horse and rider and it's a it's a horse in a rearing pose with a rider on the back and you can see the photos of that one um, once they've draped it with the plastic to do the final carrying very napoleon now the plastination process was invented in the 70s in the 70s who who came up with the idea to start doing an exhibit like this um it was gunter's idea after doing making the specimens for medical study he started thinking about the average person and how much they know about the human body and really it comes down to we know more about how our cars work than Mm -hmm. about how we work and this is our body we carry it around with us every day so it was something that he considered to be important to really democratize anatomy and give lay people an opportunity to see the same thing that medical students get to see and so they started touring with exhibitions in 95 and then before people leave the exhibit, it's uh, just kind of a last little trip down the reproductive system, just in case you haven't seen enough. It's my favorite system. <laughs> <laughs> and one that gets a lot, of, a lot of visual play in the rest of the exhibition. So when we get here, you know, people are pretty... tittering. This is where the tittering happens? No, it, it happens at the beginning. No. Oh, at the t- then you, then you become get, acclimatized People to get it. tittered out. Yeah, oh, we... penis again. <laughs> so right at the end here, you know, we're looking at the bladder with the prostate gland attached a distended prostate because prostate cancer is something that most people understand but don't really know what it looks like what is it what's the physical effect that it has and then ovarian tumors and breast cancer which we've been talking a lot about this month because it's october and it's breast cancer awareness well that distended prostate is quite a bit larger than the in the regular prostate Mm -hmm. and they show it attached to the bladder because that's typically the symptom that people start to experience where, you know, guys have to get up and go pee in the middle of the night. And it's because of the pressure that that distended pro- prostate puts on the bladder. Now, I remember, <laughs> I remember last time I was here, you could sign up as a donor. Do you still have that? You still can. We encourage people to leave comments when they leave the exhibition on what they thought, what they liked, maybe what they didn't like. And um, if people are interested, they can pick up information on how to become a body donor. We have 11,000 donors worldwide wow. um, that are registered. And thankfully still living. Of those, and now the number's going to escape me, we have several hundred that are North American. Right. And I can't remember what the number is of Canadian donors, but, uh, but 11,000 total. I got a feeling 
Before we leave you today, you may have one more. <laughs> oh, yeah. How long is the exhibit for? The exhibit is running until the 9th of January. So there's still lots of time for people to come. Um, we recommend that people come earlier, like as, as soon as they can, just because we know from the last time around that in December, uh, we start to get really busy, especially with the holidays. And uh, the best days to come are Tuesday and Wednesday during the day, because that's when we're the quietest. Tuesday and Wednesday during the day. Well, none of our listeners have jobs, so obviously uh, <laughs> they'll be able to make that no problem. Well, thank you so much, Pam. You're welcome. This was way more than I ever thought we would get. Yeah, that was amazing. It's been fantastic. Uh, Yeah, thank you. 